Certain factors make us human, and one of them is violence. Join me as I delve into what history can't shed in a podcast dedicated to our past, because we all have a history, and we all have one to forget. Until now, you are listening to a History of Violence podcast. Kingscliff, Australia might actually take your breath away. The stunning but laid-back coastal town down under offers sunny accommodations practically year-round for residents and anyone looking to get away. This wasn't the case for teens Peter Aston and Terry Ryan, because on May 4th in 1982, the sandy beach would turn into a hunting ground for two men, disturbed to their core. Out of breath, Terry Ryan reached his home in a state of panic and shock. Only hours earlier, the teen was positive he would never see his family again. The story he had to tell was one of violence, depravity, and courage. His mate was murdered, in the worst way. Terry's parents immediately contacted the authorities. Family is important, and it was to Peter Aston. His plan on May 4, 1982 was to meet his brother back in their hometown of Melbourne. Along for the journey, as any good mate would do, was Terry Ryan. Terry would accompany Peter a good leg of the trip before heading back. The two hopped on a train to Binlay before attempting to hitchhike down Australia's infamous Gold Coast Highway. Both were oblivious to the violence hoping to find them. In a yellow Dahatsu pickup, Bob and Paul wanted something, but they weren't sure what. The men were bunkmates in the army, years apart in age, 17 in fact, but had similar needs, an urge for destruction of some kind, for violence. They cruised the Gold Coast Highway searching. As Peter and Terry walked down the highway, they noticed a yellow pickup on the side of the road. One of the teens approached the vehicle and asked a man standing outside of it if they could help out with the lift. Bob agreed and directed young Peter to the front passenger seat as Paul jumped in back with Terry. After some pleasantries, and only minutes into the new journey, Paul revealed, then pointed and shoved a double-barreled shotgun against the back of Terry's head. What was to follow would make no sense, and unfortunately become one of the most brutal acts of violence in history. While Paul occupied Terry, Bob pulled over, then handcuffed Peter's wrist behind the front passenger seat and began explaining to the teens that he and Paul were actually policemen who have been in similar circumstances before. The yellow pickup was moving again. The men would take the boys off path into the bush. After stopping, Bob pulled Peter out of the truck and immediately began to inflict heavy blows on the teen. When Terry was pulled from the vehicle, he was immediately met with a steel-toed boot to the crotch, essentially paralyzing him for the time being. As Terry lied in severe pain, he could hear the two soldiers laughing while his mate was screaming and panicking to no avail. Toe cuffs were placed on Peter, and his wrists were still cuffed too. Both men started to kick him, a hunting knife was then used to stab the bound teen repeatedly. The men took turns lunging the blade into Peter, at one point stabbing him through the top of the skull before breaking the shotgun over his head. But Peter wasn't dead. 
and Terry now had a shovel. Up until this point, Terry was merely waiting his turn to be tortured until he made the hardest decision a friend would ever have to make. As Bob and Paul were gearing up to pummel Peter with the shovel, Terry jumped at the opportunity for a Suedo initiation into crime. Into this crime, or in other words, his last chance at survival. The traumatized teen then asked the men if he could finish off Peter. And after some thought, they handed him the weapon. Upset, scared, and in somewhat of a daze, Terry bashed Peter with the shovel over and over. When Terry was done, one of the men reached down and slit Peter's throat, but it still wasn't enough. As all three buried the teen, a gargle prompted Paul to shove sand and dirt down Peter's throat. They buried the teen in a shallow grave and left. What started as a day to skip class, a surefire adventure with his mate, had turned into an atrocity unimaginable. The teen was shaken beyond repair as the three got back into the yellow pickup. Then Bob and Paul asked him where he lived, and too afraid to lie, Terry told them. As the men drove back up the Gold Coast, they told the teen that they were forced to kill Peter, and that they worshipped the devil. It was becoming a blur for the teen who desperately wanted to be home. Only minutes away from the residence, the men stopped the pickup and told Terry to get out. Details of the crime would shock the nation and around the globe, but for the police, initial thoughts were of course shock, but also ones of doubt. They couldn't understand why Terry would be let go by his abductors if the horror story was true. It would take some quick thinking by the teen and a visit to the crime scene for the police before any suspects came to light. After several attempts, Terry was able to lead investigators to Peter's grave. One officer at the crime scene illustrated a horrific and careless incident. They were taken to a shallow one, covered with brush, and a red puddle was forming on top. The teen provided detectives with more valuable information. He recalled where the killers had disposed of evidence and cleaned themselves off before taking him home. The next step by police was to circulate the information they had received from Terry about the suspects and the yellow Daihatsu pickup. It wasn't long before an anonymous tip would help investigators identify Bob and Paul as Robin Reed and Paul Luckman. The two were soldiers stationed at Anagra Army Base in southeast Queensland. When the autopsy report for Peter Aston was released, his agony was confirmed. Along with rape, every part of the teen's body was mutilated including having his testicles crushed. There was also confirmation from the pathologist that the cause of death was from having been buried alive. Because of Terry's incredible courage and memory, Peter's murderers were captured just days after on the New England highway in a stolen vehicle. It is not clear if Peter is the first murder victim for Luckman and Reed, but we do know they have tortured other victims. After investigators released photos of the two suspects, other victims came forward, and one instance is truly remarkable. Only nights before Peter's murder, a young man by the name of John Bruce was at a nightclub on the Gold Coast. When he met Reed and Luckman, he relayed to investigators how he was abducted by gunpoint, cuffed, and taken deep into the bush. Upon arrival, they beat him before letting him go. But not before Reed explained to the victim that if he could get away, 
he would live. Reed then proceeded to stalk and hunt the young man with the bow and arrow as he ran for his life through the scrub. Bruce's encounter with the pair was most likely only one of many horrific nights Robin Reed and Paul Luckman were accustomed to. The carnage and all of its aftermath created by the suspects was consumed by the Australian media. Coverage of the trial for Peter Aston's murderers took center stage and eventually would see two life sentences handed down to Robin Reed and Paul Luckman. There was and is no death penalty in Australia, but Terry Ryan years later gave an interview where he condemned his friend's murderers while criticizing the lack of capital punishment in Australia. Ian Spears was the detective assigned to conduct a walkthrough of the Kingscliff crime scene personally with Robin Reed. It was nothing short of sickening, according to Spears, who was still haunted by the 1982 case. He told one reporter, quote, I'll never forget how casual Reed was. Always with the toothpick in his mouth, pointing out where they tortured the boy, forced poor Terry Ryan to have oral sex with him, kicked him so hard that Luckman later had to get a pair of crutches back at the army base, end quote. To much dismay, 17 years after Peter's murder, Paul Luckman was released from prison. While inside, he legally changed his name to Nicole Louise Pierce, then underwent gender reassignment surgery after a year of taking hormones. Robin Reed is still in prison and was given a redetermined sentence of 26 years. In 2006, this sentence expired, and since then he has been in prison only at the discretion of two independent committees which determine who is fit and unfit for parole. Reed has applied for his release annually and has been denied every time. According to Spears, from prison, Reed has sent love letters claiming his love for the former detective. But regardless, Spears is quite sure of the man he encountered in 1982. He said, quote, He's a highly intelligent psychopath who fantasizes about hurting children and then makes plans to act out his terrible desires. End quote. Peter Aston was only a child, but he had the heart of a lion pack. His fight for survival was only conquered by depravity and a sickness so dark, the depths of hell would shine in comparison. Because, unfortunately, we all have a history, and we all have one to forget. Hey everyone, thank you for listening to A History of Violence podcast. Please subscribe, it really helps out, and have a great one. Thank you.